Good morning, everyone. Hello in Facebook land. Um, good morning, everyone here again. Thank you for indulging me on that. So every once in a while, first things first, I'm not up here trying to say what I feel. In fact, I work really hard to not do that. Because what fruit is that going to bear in anybody's life? Who cares? If you want to know what I, AG, what do you think about who cares? What does the Bible say? There's a good question. What does Jesus say? There's a good question. But what I think, ugh, guys, but once in a while, he'll say something, if I'm courageous enough, and lots of folks, even people outside of these walls here that we never see, folks online, will really respond to what was said. And can I tell you, unfortunately, I'm dead honest with you guys up here. You know that. I've got one gear. It's this. A lot of times, it's repairing the damage other churches have done. Can I get an amen there? Or Christians. Well-meaning people. And I'm not here to bash anybody. But man, I, I touched on something yesterday, just or last week, and I just touched on it, and there was a lot of wounds that came forward, and God was really there to heal. And so, thanks for the feedback, folks. Guys, why do you, do you really, I, I leave here, I go home, I stop at Taco Bell, because who wouldn't, obviously, once a week, that's not bad, don't judge me. I go home, and I just go back to my normal life. I gotta split wood, I gotta do whatever, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. So thank you for the feedback, folks, who said, you know, it was real risky, AJ, to talk about divorce in church, but thank you for doing that. And that gives me a little bit of courage that maybe I'm not some looney tune who's chasing shadows, you know what I'm saying? So folks online, especially folks not in these walls, were really encouraging this week, saying thank you for having the courage to say that biblically, even though we know it's not popular. I even gave out my email address, knowing for sure it was going to be a controversial subject last week. We'll touch on that. So last week, I'm going to piggyback on last week. Last week, we were talked about we're commanded to love. Yeah, yeah, we're commanded to love. You can't just leave it there. You got to put boots on the ground, guys. You got coworkers and difficult uh, family members. We talked about Jesus says love God and love others. We're going to look at that. But often, listen, listen, listen. If you miss this, dear God in heaven, go back and listen to it. It was from my week, from my experience is this. Lots of us fall into certain traps when we're trying to love others. And we talked about a guy named Danny Silk who taught us keep your love on. Your love meter, keep, keep, it, keep it on. And it was a very, very difficult thing because if we're not careful, things can just creep in that have turned that love valve off. I shared the story of my last few weeks with my wife and I. And again, I'm very personal, so don't ever use this against me or I'll stop being personal up here and protect myself. Get it? <laughs> kind of like the love on thing. I realized that having two little kids in this ministry and all these good, good things have created a separation between me and my wife. And here's what we said. We said love always chooses connection, it does not choose a safe distance. And so many times in our relationships, we end up with a safe distance. And I know, I, I could feel it coming off you. Like, ooh, yeah, we've all done this, where I'll let you in just to hear, because if you're here, it hurts too much. The rejection, the abandonment, the you, why aren't you this, why aren't you that? Well, remember that time that you, so what you do is you end up with a safe distance. Can we get an amen there, guys? But love chooses connection. It does not choose distance. And Jesus commanded us to love, and you thought that was all flannel graph, you know, kids ministry stuff. It's not, where to got me, right? It's not. It's, it's love, keep your love on, even after year after year after year, you're tempted to shut it off. And we have believed a lie, lots of us, that other people have shut that love off. Well, because you're not this, the love got shut off. And lie. Truth. Because you're not this, I shut my love off. Do you understand that? Because let me see, I use the Marie and AJ. We're friends. Let's say I choose to shut my love off toward Marie because Marie this. 
That's me saying she's more powerful than I am in my own life. Do you understand that? Nobody has the power to get you to shut anything off or on. You're the one who makes that choice. And can I tell you something I think God is a huge fan of? Just because I'm a dad and he's a dad. Uh, Personal responsibility. Don't you think that, guys? Oh, we're all about the fact that Jesus, the resurrected king, is resurrecting me. I know you guys didn't hear it, but we played it today. But personal responsibility is paramount in the kingdom of God. And so I had to, a couple weeks ago, I told you I took my wife to Evan's Hearth, ordered some chicken wings, because that's how I do it, okay? (laughs) They give you the wet towel, too, which I think is really classy. That's worth an extra buck on those wings, right? Like, ooh, fancy. And anyway, so I sat there and I had to say to her, I had to say to my wife, I had to say like, listen, I've chosen a safe distance as opposed to connection with you and I don't want that anymore. And what we realized was all these little things that I thought were the reason, uh, you're not this, you're not that, and how come you never this and how come you never that, all those were just apples on the apple tree. But when I realized I had shut my love off toward her, all the apples fall and don't matter anymore because it was my responsibility. I did that. It's good, right? I see a lot of faces who weren't here last week, so I'm laboring the recap. Um, Then we said this. Our second major point was that we choose what roles people have in our lives. And often, if you look in the rearview mirror and you have struggles or strife, it's because you put or allowed the wrong person in the role in your life that they couldn't handle. I said this last week. I'm going to refer to this again later in the message. Have you ever shared a secret with someone only to have it blow up in your face because they weren't trustworthy? And I said this. Who told you they were trustworthy? You did. Oh, that's good, man. I, you know, because it's like stank a face. Like, ooh, he's right. <laughs> it's true. And again, nobody's coming at you. The whole root of all of this is, not to, is, is because Jesus says, love And if you just say that, we all walk around and love very imperfectly. And I think if you open up the book of Proverbs, which is what I'm working through right now, you see a lot of practical wisdom as to how to do this. And that seems to be my house. So we're sticking there today. We go to God and we prayerfully seek what roles are right for which people. So I hope that you did that last week, because I certainly did. And I saw some adjustments that needed to be made. I did. I saw some areas where I wasn't loving well, but it was me who put those people in those places. Continue to pray through that, you guys, especially those of us who have kind of broken and burned bridges behind us. X is this, X is that. Pray what roles they can be in, okay? Then, again, I went off on a tangent about divorce that may have shocked some people to hear, and I have a feeling we're gonna touch on that again, but um, that's where we're gonna hang today. So here we go, boom, we're starting. Let's, uh, let's do it, yes. I wanna start where we started last week, the king of all things. Uh, in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six says, the, the, the religious churchy people are like, hey, what's the, give me something I can do. How do I, how do, I do this thing? Give me, give me something I can do. What, what's the greatest commandment? Because there's a lot of them. And Jesus says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your mind. Can I, can I just do, do a timeout real quick right there? This bothered me last week, but I didn't want to derail. For those of you who are pretty deep in the Bible, look at those three words. Okay, 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 look. Uh, heart, soul, and mind. Guys, do you realize those are synonyms? Are they not, right? Listen, pay attention. He didn't say spirit, did he? Did he say body? He said your heart, which is actually synonymous with your soul, remember? And your mind. You know these three words are interchangeable? So, so guys, just I want to give you something like a 301 thing. Go look at that. Here's my feeling. Love the Lord your God with all that you have the power to control. You can't control your physical body and you have no dominion over your spirit. That's ours. But there's something deep in here. Uh, Bev and Mike. Bev and Mike, if, you, if you're listening to this, track down those words. With all your heart, your soul, and your mind, why did he use three words that were the same thing? 
Anyway, this is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. Uh, now let's do two more, please. We're going to switch over to, we're going from Matthew to 1 John. Let us love one another for love comes from God. It's his language. It's his thing. Every person who loves actually has been born of God. In other words, that's a fruit of being born of God. And they know God. If you don't love, though, you don't know God because God is love. Like, it's his thing. Next, please. This is how God showed his love among us. Now, I was, I was for the sake of the, for the purpose of the uh, message today, I could have stopped there, but I didn't want to step on this. This is how God showed love among us. He went first. He did this first. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So loving is very, very, very important. Now, the reason I'm pumping this up again is because we're going to do ground floor wisdom about loving, like I said, but I want to start off by saying this is actually a personal responsibility. We covered personal relationship placement last week, proper relationship placement, excuse me, but I want to explore a little bit more about today. We're going to talk about strained relationships, difficult relationships, the ones you don't want to talk about, that's what we're doing today. Last week we did a broad stroke, God's commanding us to love, now I want you to bring to mind those strained relationships you have, the ones that if you were here last week kept knocking on your head, or the one that's going to bubble up as we talk about this, okay? I want to talk about your ex-wife, your ex-husband, your ex-boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, I want to talk about that wayward kid, I want to talk about the overbearing parents, whatever you've got going on. I want, to, I want to talk about this today. I want to show you something that explores how to love like we're commanded. Now, last week, like I said, we talked about you need to keep your love on. And I said this, guys. I said sometimes it's only safe for you and right for you to love people from over here. And sometimes we, we think, you know, especially in the church world, we think, well, I got to love everybody, and that means I got to take them back. I got to love people, so I got to let them back in where they were in this Sometimes loving someone means loving them from over here and from afar in the name of safety, in the name of stopping cycles of abuse. Jesus never actually told us to be a doormat. Was Jesus ever a doormat? Let's get this out of the way. Come on, yes or no? Survey says no, okay. Even though he was being beaten and spat upon and they punched him in the face and they mocked him, was that him being a doormat? That was a choice he made, right? For the greater good of things. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, right? Jesus, I mean, Pontius Pilate, the most powerful man, says to him and says, looks at him, he's like, what, what is truth? And, and he starts questioning him, and, and Jesus is like, I don't, <laughs> I don't answer to you. Don't you understand this is, my kingdom's not of this place. I'm doing this on purpose. So if you've had this idea of wussy Jesus with his blue eyes and his fair skin, and he's really thin, okay, and not powerful at all, and that's what you're supposed to be, throw it away. Throw it away in the, real, in the name of the real Jesus Christ, who made every choice to love, didn't he? Okay, good. Get that out of your bloody mind while we're talking about this. This is, this is not going to work. So today, I have one simple thought. I don't know if you're allowed to do that in church or not, but that's what I've got. And often, I, I, I want to point this out today. I want to talk about the concept of boundaries that we need to put up in our lives. Some of this usually gets discussed in the office after the breakdowns and after things have stopped working and finally you're at the end of the... So why don't, why don't we do this? Why don't we just talk about this now? And I'll save you the rest of the year maybe where you're going to work up to, oh, I should have put up some boundaries. You ready for this? AJ, where do you get the idea that you're supposed to have boundaries because Jesus says love everybody? Well, good question. I'll tell you. God defines himself as a distinct, separate being, and he's responsible for himself. God's, the concept of boundaries is rooted in the nature of God himself, guys. Sue Boland says this. He defines and takes responsibility for his personality by telling us what he thinks, 
how he feels, what he plans, what he allows, what he doesn't allow, what he likes and dislikes, doesn't he? God does it all through the Bible, doesn't he? He sets up boundaries. How to relate to him, how not to relate to him. How to relate to other people, how not to relate to other people. Step into this area, trouble. Step into this area, blessing. In fact, the Bible is full of boundaries that God sets for us. And how we relate to each other, relate to him, right? All sorts of stuff like that. He defines himself as separate from his creation and from us. He says, ready? He says, I am who I am. And there is no other God but me. He says he's love and not darkness. Boundaries, 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 boundaries. So as we're commanded to love and relate to people as God, I think we need to look at God's example first. So many of us think, I don't want to go there. So many of us think that we, can, that we need to be like water. Water that will fill and take the shape of any container it's in for every person. And we got to please everybody and we got to this and that in the name of loving people. Well, today I need to kind of put some boundaries on that even. That is not necessarily the example we're given. So I believe we're trying to obey and love. It's okay and even necessary to set boundaries. Think about it this way. Some people really need this. I really, I really hope you guys get this. This, is, this is, could be really revolutionary for some people today. And by the way, if this is not necessarily for me today, first off, you don't come to church to consume. If you've got that idea, you, you missed it completely. Go, go, go root for the Packers and, and you know, hey, entertain me and then I get to go home. This is not what this is about. This is about being a part of something, his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And that might mean on Wednesday, your little sister calls and you're like, wow, that guy talked about boundaries and she needs boundaries with her ex. And so here's some wisdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? So everybody in the posture of learning today, humbly, okay? Even myself, hello. Here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about boundaries. And I, want to, I want you to realize this. Don't we put boundaries around things that are valuable, guys? We do, don't we? If you've got something valuable, you put a boundary around there. Boundaries, I want to, I want to re redefine some of you who are thinking that boundaries are just there to keep people out. It's not necessarily true. If you're writing things down, you'd say this. Number one, boundaries are there to show value to what's inside. That's why we set boundaries. It is not a, whoa, not welcome, don't step on the grass. It's not that, that's not the posture we take as Christ followers, it's this. I value what's in here, and so everything that needs to be done to show it value will be done. You understand? Does God value holiness, Bruce? Does God have rules as how we approach him? Enter his gates with, and his courts with? Those sound like boundaries, don't they? They really do. But so many of us live our lives without boundaries, and then we always end up broken and abused and broken and abused and broken and abused, and we wonder why. So I'm here for you today, guys. I'm absolutely here for you today. Boundaries are saying this. I value what's in here. Safety and value for in here, not fear or prohibition of what's out there. That's not it. See, here's the thing that I want to really uh, hammer on you guys. You have to lead in valuing you. Do you know that you're actually the one who sets the value for others to see and follow? Did you know that? It's true. In the past, you may have shown little value for yourself, and therefore, so did the kids, so did your spouse, so did your parents, whatever. You laid that track. Remember, God's all about personal responsibility, and he's not about beating his kids up. Today's a new day. My coworkers always walk on me. You didn't show yourself enough value and demand that value from them, and here we are today. <laughs> it's getting hot in here, guys. <laughs> Chick's going to need to check that thermostat over here before the, uh, the day's over. It's absolutely true, guys. In other words, if you decide you'll no longer be called names, berated, or treated as, as anything less than a son or daughter of God, it's never about keeping someone out or even the behavior out. It's about valuing you, and that's where you start in your life. Does that make sense so far? 
Okay, but I got about one thirty. This is great. <laughs> I'll give you an example. I worked at HSBC for a while. The banking world is a nightmare. If you work in the banking world, you're automatically going to receive a special crown in heaven. That's not in the Bible, but I just made that up. People get ugly about their money. Does that shock you? Like, wow. Well, so does management. And see, I've got like a load. I want to be like, there's regulations, and then there's this thing. <laughs> she knows. And cold calling. And okay, so, well, one day we had a new manager. I saw a thumbs up go by. Yeah, that's popular. <laughs> um, so one day we had a new manager. She was cool. I actually really like her. Her name was Yolanda. She was about four foot ten. Yeah, four foot ten. A spitfire Latino from New York City. I mean, God bless her. She was awesome. And, and I'm, I'm a pretty assertive type of guy. No problem. But one day, yes, you want to tell you the whole story? I'll tell you the whole story. So there was about six weeks where these Jehovah Witnesses would not leave me alone. I live right in the village. They were nice enough. It was the older dude, and then he was training this middle-aged woman. And they don't, have you ever noticed how Jehovah's Witnesses don't talk to you, they talk at you? Blah, 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 glazed over eyes. Blah, 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 blah. And so I would actually like talk with them and try to love them. And I was like, well, I don't think it's loving if I just put my, you know, if I slam the door in their face. It's on you, you do what you gotta do. But I, I was like, so I would go back and forth and they didn't know, look at the way I look. Do I look like a theologian? No, they thought I was a college kid. And then I was like coming out with like, well, the Greek word there is actually incorrect. And they're like, who's you? So then they started using me to train the, the woman. So they were there like every day. And I couldn't, and I couldn't be, you ever get so mad you smile? <laughs> you ever do that when you're arguing with someone? Ha, I'm so murderously angry right now. I can't stop laughing. I do that sometimes with my kid, right? Like, you're making me so mad I can't stop laughing. Well, that's how it was. He, they kept showing up, and then one day I needed to be work at 10 o'clock, at the bright morning 10 o'clock. They show up at my, at my driveway at like 9.55, and I'm trying to get around in my Jeep, and they're, do you think there'll be a new heaven and a new earth? I'm like, don't, don't care, move. Like, guys, like, seriously, I'm trying to be nice here, but, like, you know, I didn't have a, a middle ground, so I had to, so I get to work, I race, I literally lived half a mile from there, but I race there, I come in, 10.03, I walk in the door, she's standing there. Now, she's standing there, <laughs> okay, I don't, want, I don't so she's like, you in my office now, I'm like, okay. So I go in the office, she's like, sit down, so I sit down, and it's a regular chair, like y'all are sitting in, but now she's like, you know what I'm saying? Why were you late? I'm like, you're not going to believe me. <laughs> she's, no, seriously, tell me why you're late. And I'm like, well, the Jehovah Witnesses, and I don't feel like and Jesus loves them. And, well, I don't care. You know, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, I realized, I was like, da-dum, 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 da-dum. That was my heart. Da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. And I felt my veins popping up. It, she was in my face. And I, was like, and I was like, hold on. I said, you need to step back, or I need to stand up right now. <laughs> I'm like, there's something like, you know, Bruce Banner went away. I said, I said you, you, uh, you either need to sit, or I need to stand. And I said it in a way like this. My mannerism, she was like, oh, he's about to pop. I'm about to pop. Like, I can't have you standing over me yelling at me like this. Boundary. I didn't need to say to her, get off me. I, I submitted to what she was saying. Like, I literally said, like, I said, do what you got to do. I understand you got to write me up, but you got to get away from me right now, man. I'm, I'm about to lose it. I said a boundary, guys. In the pursuit of love, it's very difficult to love as we're supposed to. Listen to this. When people are... <laughs> <laughs> habitual line steppers. You ever have any habitual line steppers in your life? Oh, oh. How hard is it to love those people? Nearly impossible. You're right. You're like, get your foot back over there because you're over my line. And until you do, I'm not going to love you. You see where this is practical? I got a few habitual line steppers in my life and I'm tempted not to pick up the phone anymore when they call, right? This is why God is talking about this. But listen, I want to ask you something. The people that are habitual line steppers for us uh, 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 and making it very difficult 
have, you know, can I, can I call you out on something maybe? Like God's called me out on something. Sometimes we realize, wow, they're always overstepping my lines, but I never actually put a boundary there. That's good, right? So your love is affected. You're on your back foot and you're, you're trying to obey Christ. Then you feel all condemned, but you realize actually I'm the one who never told them where the boundary was and yet I'm mad at them for being over on my side. Ooh, that's good, isn't it? God's a fan of personal responsibility. Have I said that? Did I say that already? It's totally true, guys. So, if we're really pursuing love as the greatest command, it's important to examine and see this, guys. Number one, have we actually set a boundary with the person that's always doing that? So, let me take you down a trail. We're going to ha- have you set a boundary. Answer number one. Um, first thing I do is ask this. Ha- have I set a boundary? Did I ever say or show that person that this specific behavior is unacceptable to me? Number one, if no, if I've never done that, then guess what I get to do now? Guess what I have to do? What I have to do now? The very next thing to do is exactly what Jesus says to do. And courtesy of Brian, he's going to show us here for a second. Out of Matthew, this is what we're going to do. If you've got line steppers and you've never put the line there, Jesus commands us in Matthew 18, 15, folks. If your brother or sister sins against you, like AJ's talking about, you go... Talk to him in person. Show him where he overstepped the boundary just between the two of you. Before you get on your Facebook, before you text message your best friend who you know is going to complain about that person as well, till you, before you stack sides, before you make plans to not go there for the holiday, whatever, just between the two of you, go and tell them, hey, you, you crossed the line there, bro. Girl, however you talk to people, that's how I talk to people. If he listens to you, great. Guess what? You've won your brother over, and now you have a boundary set there. And this is all very commonsensical. But if he won't listen, then there's things you do. You take two, and then you take more. And and there's even a time when you cut them out of your life if they continue to walk in and abuse you. I didn't say it. Jesus did. But we're not going there today. What we're going today is this. Number one, if I have not set the boundary, I need to do it. Now, let me give you this practical. If you don't tell me, me, AJ, if you don't tell me I've crossed a boundary with you, you know what? I'll never know I did that, and I'll be robbed of the chance to bring the relationship up higher. For example, let's say my wife, I do something that even offends and bothers my wife. If she chooses to stuff it down, which we're not permitted to do, by the way, at all in the Bible, do not let the sun go down in your anger. If she doesn't tell me, hey, That really bothered me, hurt me, offended me, wound me, neglected me, whatever. She's taking from me the opportunity to step up and meet her needs and bring the relationship higher, isn't she? She just robbed that from me. I love in life when people are surprised when you're there for them and you're like, I was always going to be. You just never gave me the opportunity. Well, I always thought that in my baggage, whoa, let me have the opportunity to do this. Show me your boundaries so that I can respect them and grow the relationship. That's good, right? Tweet that, man. That's real good. So how do we set a boundary? I'll give you an example. Uh, This is actually a celebrity couple, and I'm not going to tell you their names because it's so not important. I don't want them to get any any glory. So it's just rare to see health in celebrity relationships, okay? But anyway, not that I'm a... I will read a People magazine. I'm not going to lie. I just don't get out of the house very often. (laughs) So this just came up on... Oh, it was a Facebook video. And... They were talking about early days in this marriage. Now, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, ready? So these two people had had relationships in the past, the whole nine, the middle age, boom. And um, the talk show host asked the woman, so how is it to be married to this person? She's like, he has shown me so much. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, 
She goes, I love a good storm off. I love to, when we're fighting, I love to slam a door. I love to get in my car. I love to lay some rubber. And I love a good storm off. That's what she said. She goes, I just love it. You know, it just gets your blood pumping. <laughs> she's an actress. Go figure, she's dramatic. And she go, and he's like, well, okay, cool. And she, she goes, but early in our relationship, I remember one time we had a fight, and I don't even remember what it was about. Isn't that funny? You never remember what it was about. You just remember the fallout. She goes, I slammed the bedroom door and went through the bathroom, slammed that door, slammed the garage door, got in my Jeep, slammed the door, <laughs> took off. She goes, I felt so good. But I came back later, and, and he said to me, you ready? Ready? Number one. Hey, uh, the way you stormed out you know, on that, on that conversation, listen, I can't be with someone who, when things get difficult, they're going to just bail. So listen, I can't do that. I respect myself too much, he said. I love you, and I really want to have a future with you. They weren't married at the time. I want to have a future with you, but I can't be with someone who, okay? So, so if we're in an argument and we want to make this thing work, you got to stay. You can, you can stop talking, but you can't, you can't storm out anymore. Boundary. And he goes, what did you, th- what did you think of that? She goes, well, number one, whoo, him setting it down and look, it turned her on was what it was getting at here, guys. Couldn't read between the lines there. She liked the assertive man saying, here's boundaries and I respect myself. I'm not your doormat. I respect myself. And she goes, and so honestly, the next fight happened like a week later. And she goes, I wanted to get up and go to the door. And I didn't. And I sat there. And and he respected the fact that I shut down. I stopped talking to him. In fact, I was texting him while he was sitting right in front of me, she says. But he had set a boundary because he respected himself too much to put up that behavior. And she goes, do you know now I'm not even tempted to storm out? I've learned to work through things. And the relationship came up higher. Why? Because he respected himself enough to put a boundary there. And do you think they love each other better with that boundary in place or without the boundary in place? Exactly, guys. And you're never, it's never too late for this, guys. It's never too late for this. Can I tell you one of my favorite things? Good. Good. We're pacing very well today. I was afraid I was going to run out of stuff to say. Would you believe that? One of my favorite things to do, I'll warn you, if you ever sit in my office for marital counseling, here's the first thing we're going to do. Go ahead and take this now. Just take it now. Don't, and then don't come see me. Number one, do you know that it is absolutely okay, listen to me, for you to put a rule down in your house where you say, there's now no more yelling in this house. Do you know that we do that session one? I, w- I would have you all raise your hands, but I won't. But you, I just say this, there's no more yelling in the house. And people, literally two out of three people say this. You can do that? <laughs> yes, you could do that. Hey, listen, I'm not gonna yell at you. You're not gonna yell at me anymore. No more yelling in the house. This is a yell-free zone, yo. And do you know how much that changes when there's just a boundary? When you get to the, okay, okay, okay. I gotta make a different choice. I gotta make a different choice. And it's a better choice because it's out of bounds. Then I set up rules like this. If you're coming home from work and you're pressure cooker, take another lap. Take another lap. He'll understand if you're five minutes late because you're going to spew molten fire all over him, especially if you're a banker, right? I would come home, twist it up like a spring, and I would walk right back out that door. These are rules and boundaries you can put down, guys. Don't you understand that? Everything thrives within boundaries. Your children need a bedtime. They need rules, boundaries, limitations. We as Christians need it with, to relate to Father God, and you guys need it in your most difficult relationship. You set the boundary. You set the boundary. You're not going to hear a lot of yelling in my house unless it's, Alex, get down here. That's different. It's a volume issue. It's not an anger issue. You've got to make different choices. It's okay to set boundaries, guys. So, rewind. We looked at that proverbial relationship, your habitual line stepper, and we said this. No, I didn't set a boundary. Set the boundary. How do I, how do I want to do this? Okay, I guess I'm going to do this in a, in a minute. So what if the answer is this? Yes, I've established a boundary with them. 
Well, if they're willingly, willfully, unrepentantly stop on your ba- stomp on your boundary and don't care, then it's our job to enforce the boundary and repercussions. This is where we're going to get a little deeper into, into stuff, but you need this, okay? That stuff was light. Here's the heavy stuff. If you set a boundary and people continuously do that, then you need to enforce the boundary. Now, now let's go back to my HSBC example. Let's say a week later, I'm sitting in the office. She comes in and starts yelling at me again while standing in front of me. I made my boundary clear, didn't I? And so if she wants to push on that boundary, I have to enforce that boundary. Yolanda, last week when we had this happen, I made it clear that I'm really not comfortable with you standing over me and yelling at me. Okay, if this happens again, I'm gonna need to go up to the people higher up and I'm gonna need to talk to them about it because this can't happen, okay? Okay, now, let me give you a piece of advice. That's work stuff. You have HR for a reason. You, some people in this room have been abused by coworkers and had to go to HR. That's what it's for. I don't want to be a narc. No, you look out for yourself. You set your boundaries. You've been abused at the workplace. You understand. You don't talk to me like that. I'm your colleague, honey. I'm not your border collie. It's not going to happen. I will go to the boss. It's just that easy. Okay? But if it's somebody in a non-professional relationship, the main thing you do for re- boundary repercussion, oh, I wish somebody would take notes about this, simply the removal of yourself. Do you know how you reforce, enforce boundaries? You can remove yourself. That's usually the, the repercussion there. Okay? Things like this. Mom or dad, if you're going to talk to me like this, then this conversation is over. Does that make sense? Let me say that again. In a non-work relationship, here's your boundary that you establish. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're going to talk to me like this, this conversation's over with. And then you give the person a choice. Well, I just think, listen, okay, I got to go. Bye-bye. Good, right? Come on, anybody? That's you setting up a boundary. And in non-professional relationships, a lot of ways that you can deal and, 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 and do the repercussion for the boundary is the removal of self. Whoa, you're angry and upset. You're talking to me in a way that I don't think is appropriate. So until you calm down, we're not going to talk anymore. You ever, you ever do that? And then the person looks at you like, where'd you get your self-respect from? <laughs> right? What did I say early in the message? Maybe 17 minutes ago, I said something like this. You set the value for you that others then put in place. And I don't care if you've been with this person for 35 years and all of a sudden today you're going to choose to be treated like a daughter or son of God, today is a new day where you put up a boundary and you purposefully babysit that boundary and you show value for yourself. Okay, so Danny, okay, well, let me wrap up here. Danny Silk again talks about it this way. In setting boundaries, we're asking that all people see the value of our lives and what we have to offer. If someone does not value our life that God has shown us, then they don't get to have a relationship with us. There are people in my life who have consistently decided, I'm not going to value you the way you need to be valued. And so guess what? They get unfriended. They get, they get cut. Look, I didn't lock the door. If you need me, you can get a hold of me. Okay? God, I've been quoted saying this. You can shut the door. God just forbids you to lock it. Do you understand that? That is one of the freeing most things I've ever heard from God. Take that and go. My brother, my sister, my parents, whatever, you can shut that door in the name of health and boundary keeping. But just don't lock it because someday reconciliation can be there. Okay, the people who really need to set boundaries are the people who do this. They value you, but they approach you and your value as a consumer, guys. Okay, lots of people. Danny Silk makes the joke. You guys ever seen uh, Finding Nemo? Yeah, the seagulls? Mine? Mine, 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 mine. 
right? All they care about is that little piece that they want. They don't care that there's 50 other seagulls pecking at the same thing, do they? Mine, 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 mine. And so there are times in your life where you're going to need to set boundaries and say, whoa, all you want to do is take from me and that's fine, but I don't have enough to give right now. So here's your boundary. And that's a godly thing to say as well. Watch out for people who do this. Now, one of the reasons this is important, and I'm tired of hearing myself talk, I promise you, is this. If you don't enforce, enforce boundaries, here's what happens. Time and time and time again, you're going to get abused. And you know what happens after that, guys? Bitterness. Not setting a boundary keeps continual abuse. Continual abuse leads to bitterness. And I don't care if it's a personal relationship, if it's a church relationship because no boundaries were set. This is what leads to all men are pigs. All Christians are hypocrites. This is where this comes from. Do you understand that? Boundaries that were not set and were not enforced. So people walked over them. You took abuse time and time and time again. Then you let bitterness in and you were jaded. And now you're a bitter, angry person that God is trying to heal the bitterness out of you. All because no boundary was set there or it was not diligently looked after. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I am not by any means sticking up for people who abused or anything like this. I'm saying this is the power we have. We do not allow hurts to go on for far too long. No. We put up our boundaries and we protect ourselves from bitterness. All right, I'm going to skip this point. Number Okay, really quickly, really quickly. If you ever have come in here and have, have trouble, because anytime you get a group of people who are hypocrites in recovery, that's what we are as Christians, right? You ever come in here and say, <laughs> it's true, we're hypocrites in recovery. Um, if you ever come in here and someone this and that and you felt abused and all that, here's what you do. You set a boundary. Hey, listen, when you said that, I really felt judged. Or I really felt this, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's what you do. You don't let an offense and bitterness grow. I'm gonna leave that church. Okay, you don't do that. What you do is you say, if that's going to keep happening, maybe we need to sit down with AJ and talk about this. You bring daddy into this. You bring an authority figure that can sit down and go, let's figure this out together. Because here's the thing. You ready? Number one, you can do what you're supposed to do and set down a boundary. That's number one option. Number two, you can run away. And you know what that's like, you guys? This is good. That's not a boundary. That's like moving out of your house instead of building a fence around your yard. Oh, that's good, isn't it? I went to that church and these people, this and that. Look, I'm not coming at you. I don't know your story. I'm not. All I'm saying is this. If you just choose to leave a place where you know God is speaking and you know you're getting like God's word and worship and the whole nine, you choose to leave there. It's like moving out of your house instead of just putting a fence around it from your neighbor. I don't want the conflict of putting up a fence. What are you, nuts? You don't just move to avoid the boundary. You don't. And the third thing is, you, you, you push things down, you take abuse, and you let bitterness happen, and we're not gonna do that. So my last thought about this, I promise you there's this much left on the page, is this. If we don't set boundaries, I believe we can even miss where God is leading us to. Now here's what I mean. Jesus says this. He says, in a little while I'm gonna go and... Um, I'm, I know the plan. I'm going to be crucified and be poured out because I love you guys more than I love myself. And Peter says, not so, Lord. I won't let that happen. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You're not thinking about my best interest or what I'm trying to do. You're thinking about you and you're over the boundary. Do you understand that? That was, that was his inner three. Peter, James, and John. We've talked about this. Whoa, get back, Peter. Get back. If I listen to you, Mr. Boundary Stepper, I'm going to miss where I'm supposed to be. Set boundaries even when it comes to priorities. You know how many people had the right idea when they told me that starting a church was crazy? I fully agreed with them, and I still think it's crazy. But I had to understand that my, my priorities help me set my boundaries. God has to be my first priority, then my family, then my friends, and if somebody starts speaking ill up the ladder, boundary. 
In other words, how do you think it's going to go for anyone in this room if you talk smack about my wife to me? Pretty poorly. Really poorly. Your marksmanship better be good. You better be in shape. Okay? Now, right? Now, how do you think it would be if Melanie tried to distract me from or or deter me from what I knew God was calling our family to do? It's not going to be a good day either. Right? Priorities are a way that you can set boundaries as well. Because if anybody down here starts shooting things upward, boundary. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't t- we're not going to talk about my wife. Right, guys? This is a good when you leave and cleave thing, but that's a whole other thing. So let's wrap up. Okay. So what have we learned? We learned the process of loving others, setting boundaries is biblical wisdom. Also, setting boundaries is about valuing, valuing you as God commands, and it's a very important piece of loving as God commands. But we're in charge of valuing ourselves and setting the boundaries. This is not a passive thing. And only by setting boundaries and enforcing them can a relationship thrive, okay? And so what are we going to do? Well, the relationship we've been thinking about all day as I've been talking, we're going to lift it up to God in prayer, even right now, and ask him to clearly show us what boundaries he would have us put in place so that we can love those people in ourselves well. And then this week, and well, for the rest of the weeks of our lives, we're going to constantly come back to God every single time that boundary gets tested for strength to enforce it. So let's all pray because I want people at home to be praying with us as well. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We have that relationship right in our mind right now. Whether it be coworker, colleague, spouse, ex, whatever it may be, children. And right now, Father God, we, we, we confess to you that uh, things aren't where we know they could be or where we want them to be in loving them. But we want to be, be obedient to you. We want these relationships to be safe. We want them to thrive. But we don't know how to do that. So we lay it at your feet right now. We hear this wisdom today, Father God, that boundaries are an important part of loving. So we ask, Father, that you would show us right now and as the week continues, you would show us which boundaries to put up. Where are these boundaries? Where would you have these boundaries to be for these relationships? And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would give us the power that we know is inside of us, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, that you would give us the power to set the boundaries and maintain these boundaries in the name of loving others. We're doing this, Father, because we want to be obedient to you. We love you, Father. We thank you for this wisdom today. May you break open these relationships that have been just sources of pain and, and protect us, Father, as a loving Father would. In Jesus' name, we love you and worship you. Amen. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us online. I uh, hope you have a really good week. <laughs> Thanks, Brad.